good morning. Thank you for once again joining us as we journey through the Bible one book at a time as we are ambitiously trying to uh, cover the entire Bible in a year. We are in the book of Ezra, Nehemiah. We're combining those two books into one because that's how it was originally written by the scribe Ezra. It was written as one book. Over the many years, it's been divided into two, but we're going to take it as one we looked last time at the structure of this book. There's three main leaders who are sent out by pagan kings to go do the work of God. So men who do not worship God still serve God in their proclamations. Uh, Zerubbabel was to rebuild the temple. Ezra was going to rebuild community and an understanding of God's law. And Nehemiah is going to rebuild the wall. Famously, he does. And each of them start off with this great big uh, tone of promise that they're going back to do what God has called them to do. They're going to go rebuild the temple. They're going to get things back to normal. They're going to showcase the law. They're going to get things back to as it was. They're going to rebuild the wall so that no one else can come in and no one else can mess up their normalcy. And at the end of it, they all meet conflict. They do overcome conflict, but they all end, Zerubbabel, Ezra, and Nehemiah, end with this anticlimactic, almost a bummer, story. And we're going to see why uh, as we continue to go through. But in our reading today, we are in chapters 5 through 8 of Ezra. We saw last time that Zerubbabel, they got together the brick and mortar of the temple. They built it up and, and, and then they got this great big celebration because there it is, the brick and mortar has been laid. Um, and people rejoiced, played songs, uh, uh, played instruments, and um, the oldest ones, the ones who could remember what the temple was like before it was destroyed, the elders, they wept because they saw the brick and mortar of the temple, but what was missing was the presence of God and the, the, the thing that made the temple originally was God's holiness and His presence there. It wasn't just bricks. It wasn't just stone. And so they wept, recognized that something's different. And as we continue through the book, Zerubbabel, he uh, has some conflict. He overcomes some things. We see in chapter 6 that the temple is finished and dedicated, that the elders... They are excited that in verse 16 of chapter 6, and the people of Israel, the priests and the Levites and the rest of the returned exile celebrated the dedication of this house of God with joy. They offered at the dedication of this house of God 100 bulls, 200 rams, 400 lambs, and as a sin offering for all Israel, 12 male goats according to the number of the tribes of Israel. And they set the priests in their divisions and the Levites in their divisions for the service of God at Jerusalem as it is written in the book of Moses. They celebrate Passover. So you see that even though the presence of God is not there, even though there's something missing, they're still trying to get back to normal. They're still trying to do the things that they knew they were supposed to do and prescribed to do. Um, 
and they're, they're celebrating and they're, they're doing what they can. And, and it's kind of a sense, well, maybe this is all they can do. Well, if you fast forward about 60 years into doing this, into chapter 7, Ezra comes in to the scene. We know it's about 60 years because it says that now after this, the, in the reign of Artaxerxes, king of Persia, Artaxerxes would have come about 60 years after Cyrus back there in, uh, in, in Ezra chapter 1. Ezra is now going to be sent. He was a scribe, verse 6 of chapter 7 tells us, skilled in the law of Moses that the Lord, the God of Israel, had given. And the king granted him all that he had asked for. The hand of the Lord, his God, was on him. Again, we see this pagan king sending out Ezra to go with the law of God, to go as a scribe, to go as an expert. And maybe if building the temple, maybe if... If, if the stone cutters, maybe if the, um, the, 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 the presence of the priest and the sacrifices, if that wasn't it, if that wasn't it, maybe they just don't understand the law of God. Maybe they don't understand the word of God. And so here comes Ezra, this scribe sent by this pagan king, and he's going to walk into Jerusalem, and he's going to walk into this temple, and he's going to go in there. And you get the sense as you build through this that, okay, okay, maybe they're back on track. Maybe that's the missing element. Here comes Ezra, and he's got knowledge, and he's going to give knowledge now to the people. And so when you get through chapter 8 and the genealogies, who those who return to Ezra, there's this sense of excitement. There's this sense of now we're getting back to it. Now this is what we're looking for. Uh, I've already told you kind of what the, the end of it is. There is a, a bit of an anticlimactic end to Ezra's story. But right now as you're reading through chapter 8, there's this sense of excitement. Because the temple didn't do it. The brick and mortar didn't do it. Maybe now the scroll will. Maybe the scribe will. Maybe he'll bring a sense of community. Maybe this sense of knowledge. Maybe that's what they're waiting for. Maybe that's what they need. And so I hope this is helping you understand uh, the book of Ezra as we're walking through it. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow as we pick up in chapter 9 and we're going to take four chapters which will knock us right into the book of Nehemiah. Again, we're treating this as one book and uh, I look forward to seeing you in the morning. <music>